Take your Bibles, please, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm just going to give you a few thoughts tonight regarding music. And I won't be very long, I hope. Uh, it's been a long service already, and I hope that the hymns were a blessing to you and learning a little bit more about them. It's an encouragement to me to study them out and understand a little bit of where they came from. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, we'll read a few verses here and then we'll pray. And We're just going to make a few comments about biblical music. Ephesians 5, verse 18, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Let's pray. Father, Thank you for the time that we could gather and sing tonight. We pray, Lord, that it was a blessing to many, but more importantly, honoring to you. Father, turn our hearts to Scripture now. We pray that you would open up our eyes and help us to understand. May the Spirit of God teach us, Lord, and fill me, I pray. Well, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there's a lot of debate today about music in the local church. Music has always been a changing thing, and it changes as time goes on, and we understand that there's different songs at different times, and not every song that has ever been written is timeless as well. We know that over time, some songs just don't seem to fit any longer. You know, if you think about some words with me tonight, and, and I just want you to dwell on this for a moment, the, the word song, the word sing, the word music, the word melody, the word choir, do you know none of those words, not one of those five words appear anywhere in the book of Acts. But I think we would be shocked if you were to say to me that the early church didn't sing. I believe they sang. Nowhere in the Bible do we, or in the book of Acts do we find those five words. Any mention of the early church singing. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that Paul and Silas sang praises to God at midnight, but that was from a prison cell, not from a church assembly hall. And yet, I believe with all my heart, the early church was a singing church. I guess what I'm trying to say is this, that we get so hung up on things that in the book of Acts, the apostles and the early churches really didn't worry a whole lot about. Likely, they sang the Psalms, full of doctrine and truths from the Word of God, and had some other spiritual songs that they sang and added to the repertoire as time went on, but it wasn't a major in the Word of God. As a matter of fact, the apostle Paul doesn't address it till we get to the church at Ephesus and later Colossae. And he talks about these three types of music, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now let me say this before we get into a little bit of a study. If we are to believe that the Bible is our only rule for faith and practice, then we must develop our philosophy of music from the Word of God. You know, a lot of people I've read in regarding this issue, well-meaning people, conservative-meaning people, they, they, will, they will study music and form their philosophy based on their study of music. That's backwards, that's secular. We are to study the Bible to get our opinion of what God wants for, secular, for spiritual music. And so let's look at some things tonight. First of all, I want to talk about the particulars of music. The particulars of music. We see in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, it says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs. So we see that phrase there, psalms, psalms. It literally means to strike the chords of an instrument. And so in other words, when you're thinking about the psalms that are written back in the Old Testament, that mainly written by David, we understand that it was a hymn book. 
It was psalms that were set to music and played, meant to be played with instruments because it literally means the striking of the chords of an instrument. Uh, psalms is a music book. It is a pious song that is set to music. If you think about it, many of the psalms that were written were calls to praise and worship of our God. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. It is likely that the psalms were used heavily by Jewish converts in the early church. It would be the only songs that they knew about God. And of course, later on would have developed more songs about Jesus Christ and about the blood of Jesus Christ, many that we see uh, like we see today. The second word we see is the word psalms and hymns. A hymn in the Bible is a sacred song. It's from the root word meaning to celebrate. We celebrate when we sing. We celebrate God and we celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ. A hymn by definition from the word of God, from the Bible, the Greek definition, it means it is a metrical composition. It has a measured rhythm and a pattern, essentially what we find in our hymn books today. Many of the hymns that we sang today were themes that just repeated themselves and drove home singular tr truths over and over again. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. If you were to sing all four verses, you would repeat that phrase 12 different times, nothing but the blood of Jesus. And it drives home the fact that, that we, we cannot be saved outside the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the definition of a hymn. Then Ephesians 5.19 gives us another one. It says, spiritual songs. The, the Greek word for songs here is the word ode. A song that is in tribute to something, an ode, is written or a poem that is written about something else. The word spiritual speaks of the nature of those words. And so it is a spiritual tribute, a spiritual ode, a song that is written about. So it doesn't follow necessarily the same metrical composition of a hymn. Uh, we, we have specials many times that are not hymns. They are spiritual songs. Our choir will sometimes sing a spiritual song that is not a hymn. It doesn't follow that metrical composition, but yet it is found in the Bible. It is something that is, that is meant to be spiritual and used in worship. And then he says this in Ephesians 5.19, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, listen, making melody in your heart to the Lord. So we see that next word, melody, melody. Now, here's the thing. It doesn't mean what you think it means today. The word melody today, we talk about the top line of music, the, 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 the tune that we would sing to most often. If you weren't a tenor or a bass or an alto, you would sing the melody. You would just sing the melody of the song. But that's not what this word means. The word melody here, to make a melody in your heart to the Lord, is the singing of a hymn once again. It's to celebrate the praises of God in song. And he's saying we should do that corporately with hymns and psalms and spiritual songs. But also we ought to have that song in our heart. And so in other words, the outside matches the inside. The, the spirit of truth and the spirit of worship comes from within. And so it is a melody that we make in our heart. Colossians chapter 3, Paul wrote to the church at Colossae. And he said very similar. He says this, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That is the particulars of music we see in the New Testament. But let me give you the purpose of music as well. Look at Colossians chapter 3 with me. And you'll notice in Colossians chapter 3, a very similar passage of scripture with a little bit of it, uh, adding to it as he writes to a different church. The Bible says in verse 16, 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So we have that same three types of music, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. But notice the purpose of music at the beginning, teaching and admonishing one another. So there's two. Number one, we are to teach with music. So our music ought to have good doctrine. It ought to be a sound in doctrine as we are teaching people. I, you know, there's a lot of things that I have learned over the years. I can't imagine what I've picked up sitting as a child in church and hearing the great hymns of the faith and the truths that were poured out as a result of the hymn book. Now, understand, the Bible is our only rule for faith and practice. But those old hymns have reinforced it in my life time and time again and taught me those truths. And so many times those hymns will come back to my mind even before a scripture uh, as God has used it to teach me. And that's the very purpose of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And then he says to admonish, which means to encourage. You can reprove or you can help, exhort. And so we encourage people by uh, reproving their sin, or we encourage people by exhorting them to go on. And some of the great hymns uh, help us with that. Think of the third verse of it as well, with my soul, my sin. Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but in whole, has been nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. When I think of that verse, I think of both reproof and exhortation. I'm reminded that I'm a sinner, but I'm also encouraged that my sin has been nailed to the cross, that Jesus Christ paid the price. And so proper music, the purpose of music is to teach and it is to encourage. But then we also see it, that it's to worship. It's important. I just heard somebody say not long ago that music was never intended to worship in the church, but to teach and admonish only. But notice what it says in Ephesians chapter 5. We'll flip back there. Keep your finger in Colossians 3. He says this in verse 20. Now understand, verse 19, look at the end of the word Lord. We have a colon or semicolon there. That means the sentence is not finished. We are to speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God. And the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if verse 19 was all that we have, we could still say we are to worship because the Bible says we are to make melody in our heart to the Lord. Colossians 3.16 says we are to sing with grace to the Lord. The Bible says here we are to uh, make a melody to the Lord and giving thanks to God. That's praise and that's worship. That's what we're supposed to do when we, when we sing in the church. We are to teach, we're to encourage, and we're to worship. Think about this. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 12 says, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. Well, let me give you another thing this evening, and we're almost done. We've talked about the particulars of music and the purpose of music. I want to share the principles of music. Some principles for music. I'm going to give you five questions we should ask when thinking about music in the local church. Number one, is it scriptural? Is it scriptural? Everything we do ought to come from the word of God. So does it follow the above scriptural principles? Is it to teach? Is it to encourage? Is it to worship? Does it do those things? 
Now, some people will come and say, well, you know, that, that song, all it did was entertain. Let me say this. Be careful about our attitude. To some people, a song might edify, and to others, it might only entertain. It has to do with our attitude. Now, there are songs that I would, I would agree with you and say that there are many songs that are worldly in nature, carnal in nature, that would set out to entertain the flesh. But I, I don't believe that that's the case when we come to the local church and we hear songs of the faith, songs that worship the Lord Jesus Christ, songs that speak about the blood, songs that talk about our salvation, songs that worship our Savior over and over again. Listen, uh, be careful of our attitude. Make sure we understand uh, that they are meant to edify us. So is it scriptural? Does it teach? Does it encourage? Does it worship? Uh, does it, is it fit into that realm of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs? Is it scriptural? Number two, is it separated? Is it separated? Does it sound like the world? First John 2.15 says, Love not the world, neither things that be of the, in the world. Uh, for the love of the, if, if the love of the world is in us, the love of the Father is not in us. We are, to not, we are to come out from among the world and be separate. And so does it sound like the world? Is it drawing us toward worldliness and carnality? I don't believe I've ever heard a song at Bethel Baptist Church that I would say draws me to the world. Now, I understand that we all come from different walks of life, and we have different tastes and preferences. And many times when we don't like a song, it comes down to our taste and our preference. The questions we have to ask are these. Is it scriptural? Is it separated? Let me let you in on something. Not every psalm that we sing in the local church do I like, but it's not about me. There are some old hymns that, for me, come across flat. They don't do anything for my heart. They, they don't encourage me. They don't exhort me. And yes, they have good doctrine, and maybe they're worshiping, but they're just not songs to my taste. It might be just something little, like I don't like the tune of that song. It drags, it kills the flow of the service, and different things like that. And at times, we might pull out one of those songs, and in an appropriate moment, it fits just right. But to lead off a service or in the wrong place just doesn't seem to have the proper desired effect that God would have it to have. But yet, I know there are certain people in the church that adore that hymn. So we understand we have different tastes, we have different preferences, but we must always remember this, it's not about us, it's about Christ. Is it scriptural? Is it separate? Separated, number three, is it sound? I mean, doctrinally. And so I, I say that's a little different than scriptural. Scriptural meaning, does it follow the premises of scripture, what Bible music is? Does it serve the purpose of teaching, encouraging, and worshiping? But when I say, is it sound, I mean doctrinally. Is it talking about, if it gets into a doctrinal area, uh, do we understand it to be correct? I would imagine that people like the Mormons would have their own hymn book. They might sing some of our hymns. They might sing Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me. But they may sing other songs that reflect the doctrines of their beliefs. Friends, we have to make sure that we are not singing those types of songs. We want to make sure that we are singing songs that line up with the Word of God that are doctrinally sound. That's why I believe that some churches still sing a lot of the Psalms because they're full of doctrine about the majesty and glory of God. Listen to this. If it is part of the role of music to teach and to admonish, then it must be sound doctrinally. Number four, is it spiritual? 
Is it spiritual? Is it scriptural? Is it separated? Is it sound? Is it spiritual? Ephesians 5, 19 says, Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Why did he add the word spiritual? Because psalms already come from the word of God. Hymns is the, is the song of worship and praise unto God. And so they already imply that they are spiritual. The word songs is the word owe, a tribute, an ode, a tribute to something or someone. And so uh, you could go out and write an ode today about the tree out in the front yard, but that is not a spiritual ode or a spiritual song. And so he is qualifying that type of song with a spiritual word. Uh, there are many songs, I, listen, there are many songs even in our hymn book today that I believe have no spiritual value whatsoever. I, I, I cannot stand the song. You might say it's my preference and that's fine. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. It was good enough for my father. It was good enough for our fathers. It was good enough for our fathers. So it's good enough for me. Zero spiritual value. I don't believe it falls into the category of hymn, psalm, or spiritual song. I don't believe for one minute that we should be singing it in God's church. And so there are other songs like that, but that's just by way of example. So when we sing, is it spiritual? And here's number five, is it sensible? Is it sensible? Are the lyrics discernible? Is the message clear? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15, Paul said this, What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit... And I will sing with the understanding also. Of course, 1 Corinthians 14 is speaking about confusion in the church. They were speaking in tongues. They couldn't understand what was being prophesied as a result. And Paul says, when I speak, I want to speak with understanding. And when I sing, I also want to sing with understanding. That ought to be the goal. I think we ought to be careful in how we sing as well. I complain to my wife all the time. I hear some music, uh, perhaps we'll put on something in the home, and it might come up, and it's a good song. Nothing wrong with the song. But the singer is singing. There's, there's this trend today of young ladies singing right through their nose, and they whine and moan on every note. And, and I, I don't know if it's wrong scripturally or not, but I'm going to be honest with you. I can't understand it, and it distracts me, and I feel like they're not communicating the message clearly. So is it sensible. You know, the Bible gives us guiding principles, but so much is subjective. It really is. I've, I've learned this, that where I stand, everything to my right is ultra conservative and everything to my left is nothing but liberals. But we all have that line. And I, I've tried to understand and be gracious now and understand that that's not always true. Just because I stand somewhere doesn't mean everybody, listen, just because I don't like it, doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. We have preferences. There's a lot of gray areas and things are subjective. In other words, many will say something is Christ-honoring and others will hear the very same song, lyric, melody, instrumentation, and they'll say that is not Christ-honoring. How do we know? The truth is, I believe it's presumptuous for anybody to say this is what Christ likes if it isn't clearly laid out in Scripture. Remember, the book of Acts is silent when it comes to music, and that is the foundation of the early church. But I believe they sang. There are certainly lines that should be drawn, and each church will interpret Scripture and certainly try to apply it properly. 
And ultimately, the pastor will set the tone. And I'm not always right. I know that. But I'll try my best to follow the Spirit as He leads, in tune with the Scripture as it guides us. Those are my thoughts on music. God has made us with different tastes, preferences, and we should respect one another. Paul says it best. He says this, singing with grace in your hearts. I think that summarizes it the best. Listen, I never want to sound like the world in the church. I don't want to come in and have a rock concert. That's never my intention. But I've understood this. Sometimes you like music that I don't like. Sometimes I like music that you don't like. But the truth is, we're not trying to please one another. We're trying to please Christ. And so let's have that grace in our hearts when we sing. Let's lift up the name of Jesus Christ. I've enjoyed these old hymns tonight. Every one of them, I touched my heart. Without, without question, every last one of them. There's a lot of new songs I like as well. And I would encourage you, read the Bible. Go to Scripture. If you struggle with your tastes and preferences or the tastes and preferences of others, in all things, let's sing with grace in our hearts. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. Speak to our hearts tonight. Thank you for the music. It's been a blessing to our hearts. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you folks. Have a great week.